0: All right, turkey season's over, both Carolinas. There may be a few people traveling to some other states to enjoy uh, turkey season throughout, but for the most part, the Carolinas, we've got all that wrapped up. And uh, shotguns get put up after turkey season for a lot of people, but not for a whole other grouping, whether you are a competitive sporting clays shooter or or maybe just going to a fundraiser. Uh, West Lawson, you have uh, taught many people. In fact, you worked at a ranch mm-hmm. helping teach shotgunning, mm-hmm. whether it be uh, not only safety but also the how-to, how to have some success. So for us, including your co-host over here, Bill Barty, with West Lawson Carolina Outdoors, we're looking for a little bit of advice if we get invited out to, let's just say, one of the area sporting clays, uh, ranges mm-hmm. and we haven't done any shotgun shooting. <laughs> Maybe we didn't even hunt during turkey season. So we're knocking the rust off. We want to be safe, but we want to be a better shot than we were last year or pre- in previous years. Yeah. Can you give us advice if we've got the 12 gauge out and, uh, and, and what do we need to do?
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for several several summers, Bill, I was a, a sporting clays instructor and shooting sports instructor for the HF Bar Guest Ranch in Saddle String, Wyoming, the second oldest dude ranch in the country. Um, and what that really entails, Bill, what you're talking about uh, begins first with humility. You have to know what you don't know. We're always going to treat every firearm as if it's loaded. Uh, so always checking that the safety is on and, at the, and then opening the shotgun to make sure it's unloaded transport it unloaded carry it from station to station unloaded that sort of thing if you're using somebody else's firearm have them walk you through that weapon even if it's the same thing as yours just what are the nuances of it how's this one operate this that and the other it's always important to, to slow down and work through all of that if you've never shot before consider going somewhere where you can get a lesson um mm. Even if we're shooting at targets, we're still shooting guns. That is inherently risky. It is, however, also a lot of fun, and that's what we're going to focus on for this. So shooting at moving targets um, is befuddling for a lot of people, but we can dispel some some rumors and myths pretty quickly. So with a shotgun shooting at a moving target, we're not actually aiming um, because we're not typically shooting a single projectile like a bullet. Shotguns have... Um, dozens to hundreds of very small pellets inside that at distance are going to spread out like a cone or a small cloud that we want our target to fly through. So we're not actually shooting at the target, we're shooting at where we want it to be. So one of the things I always think about with a shotgun is a proper mount. So when I mount my shotgun uh, to shoot at a target, especially a moving target, my head does not come down to the stock of the gun. I bring the stock up to my head. So my head posture does not change really at all. Um, And I keep both of my eyes open. I might cheat with a rifle or a handgun and close an eye, but with a shotgun, both eyes open. So my peripheral vision is engaged and I'm not going to aim. Now I'm right-handed and I'm right-eye dominant. And we'll come back to eye dominance in a second because you are different about that than I am. So I'm right-handed. My left hand is on the forward grip or the stock of my shotgun and I actually put my index finger my pointer finger up as if I am pointing because when you point at something you never miss so I'm already conditioning my my brain to think that other thing is I engage movement before I mount the gun so as that target comes flying by so we say pull target comes out I'm moving the gun with it kind of mounted at my shoulder or at my I'm sorry at my chest height and then I bring it up real quick and I shoot almost immediately. I'm trusting all of my instincts. It's also easier because my 12-gauge shotgun weighs near as makes no difference eight pounds. You lift eight pounds over and over again, it gets kind of tiring. Mm. Um, so it's it should be a little bit more instinctive than precise is really what, what we want to start with.
0: Well, and it's, as you have instructed and taught people to do that, is there some common theme of the inaccuracy of shooting a shotgun. Like, do people miss them low, high, uh, or shoot behind uh, the different? A lot of people miss games?
1: high because they're mounting the gun low. So the so the the butt stock of the gun against your shoulder, they're keeping that too low, and then their face is usually in the wrong place because initially we are afraid of the recoil and or the kick or the noise. Um, now, of course, you're going to have earring hearing protection on, and safety glasses, which are going to be polycarbonate. They're not going to be glass. Um, but there still is a certain level of violence going against your shoulder. Uh, and so we're, we're timid with that. Um, I'm actually a firm believer that 12 gauges are not what we need to be shooting most of the time anyway. Because of their power? Their power and the weight. A 20-gauge is great. A 28-gauge, if you can find one and one that fits and the ammunition... Is a whole bunch of fun. It's much more gentle on you. It does take a little bit more skill, mm. but it's a joy to shoot. So we like to look at that. But most people tend to miss high because the gun mount is low and their 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 face basically is in the wrong position. Uh, there are some folks who tend to miss if they're right-handed. Uh, they might be shooting behind or way in front because they're right-handed and their left eye dominant. So. Th- Is now a good time
0: to talk about that? Because that is really perplexing because (laughs) I am right-handed and left-eye dominant. You're right-eye dominant and right-handed, Lucky. Tell us about that. What is the difference, or is it just as it sounds?
1: So, you know, we have binocular vision. Uh, You know, one eye does a little bit more work up close. One eye does a little bit more work at distance, more or less. Now, given my background, my degree is in Spanish and political science. I'm not an eye doctor. Hola. Um, exactly. But, so, the easiest way to test this is if you, if you have a stationary object some distance away, make triangle out of your uh, left and right thumbs and pointer fingers. Put that object in between. If you close your left eye and that object stays in place, you're probably right eye dominant. If you close your right eye and it has moved, all right, it, it confirms all that stuff. So, In your case, Bill, what I would be looking at for you is changing, you could try to shoot left-handed, but that's super awkward for most people. We don't even like to change which hand we brush our teeth with, much less (laughs) putting a firearm in that hand. Uh, I I instruct people initially to keep both eyes open, Uh. use that that front grip to point, and trust your instincts. Um, You know, we can talk about Kentucky windage, which is sort of making a point of aim farther off in the distance, but really if we boil it down to thinking about where that target is going to be and firing there. So it's like you're spraying a fire hose as you move, and that's going to be this, this arc of water. That's kind of what those, uh, the shot is going to do. So you want to have that moving just past the target before you shoot and let it do the work. Now, if you're a competitive shooter, um, think about Don Yeager, you know, longtime co-host of this show and a nationally ranked competitive shooter one of the things that Don has and that I have on our uh, break-action over-under shotguns is we have two barrels and two different choke tubes, which can control the length and the width of that shooting, the, the cone of mm. sh- of shot coming out. So I can really dial that in or out, and it can make it so I can kind of be lazy and really get to know that. But the best way to get better at this is like anything. Positive repetition and working with a coach or a guide or somebody who can speak the language to you and from whom you will receive that guidance.
0: And there are a lot of, uh, and we can post them up on our Facebook page, different places in the Charlotte Mm -hmm. area, Sporting Clay Ranges. Hey, what's your favorite game? Uh, skeet, Sporting Clays, Trap, all those shotgun games. Did you Do you have a favorite?
1: So I, I like Sporting Clays a lot because every course is different. It's like a golf course. Every Sporting Clays course is totally different. Uh, skeet courses are by nature basically the same. Um, so I like that. And there are little games like Feetask and little whirly birds that can fly in different directions. And that's a bunch of fun. Um, but really, any of the things that are going to get us out there and kind of having that fun release. When you do this stuff properly, it's not scary, it's safe, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, so target shooting is is a good time.
0: Hey, transitioning away from that. Yeah, let's. His, his name, Wes Lawson. I'm Bill Bartee. This is the Carolina Outdoors. Switching gears, Wes. Yeah. You are a beautiful man because not only are you podcast and radio, but you had the opportunity to share a wealth of knowledge about fishing on television
1: yeah that was a surprise to get a call from our friends on WBTV's QC at 3 earlier this week to talk for just a few minutes about fishing in our local area it's a lot of fun
2: we are headed into warmer much warmer weather sunny days hot days more of us are going to be outdoors and maybe it's a tradition for you maybe you're looking to get started We're going to help you with your next fishing trip Wes lawson is the general manager at jesse brown's outdoors you know a lot about fishing my friend how are you i'm great how are you today i'm good thank you i have to tell you i haven't gone like just regular old rod and reel fishing since i was a kid but i remember it being fun Mm -hmm. so maybe you know if you're a a a pro and you've been doing this forever and ever and ever you know some of this stuff but let's talk to the folks that maybe you're like i think i'd like to go fishing but I haven't been, so I don't know where to start. What is it about fishing?
1: Fishing is fun. Yeah. Like There are a lot worse things we can do as people, especially as families, than fishing. And we've seen so many people in the last two years pick up fishing or go back to it because of COVID. Yeah. So fishing, we've seen a 20% increase in anglers just in two years. So that's a huge number, and it doesn't need to be scary. There's a lot of stuff on this right. table, and there's a lot of stuff on the internet. You don't need it all. Okay. Just a few things to go to your local park, pond, river, stream, it doesn't take much.
2: Because most people don't want to do the whole put the worm on the hook thing.
1: Yeah, and so if you don't want to put the worm on the hook, what if we already put a worm on there, And it's a real small artificial, so this is actually for a fly rod. Okay. Um, so I brought a fly rod and a conventional rod as well.
2: Let's talk about that yeah, before let's. we get too too far into it. Fly fishing and conventional mm-hmm. fishing are two very different things.
1: They are, and they don't need to be scary or um, things that don't get along. Okay. Sometimes those groups don't. Fly rod fishing is active. You see it in commercials. Yeah. You saw Brad Pitt do it in the 90s. Yes, I did. Right? A lot of people <laughs> liked that. Um, you know, a fly rod is going to be, this is a four-piece, so it breaks down for travel. Oh. Um, it's a nine-foot rod versus the spinning rod that I brought is a six-foot. Okay. Um, this is a little bit more involved. Uh, we're imitating the technique. small flies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we're really using the rod more to throw a very small fly like Tiny. this way out there and this actually is a fairly large fly for bass or trout huh. um, fly fishing's fun it's engaging if you think oh gosh I don't know I don't have the attention span or my child is too energetic that's a great sport for them because it's engaging they're you not sitting on the sidelines it.
2: exactly but with the other kind of fishing you're just sort of fishing and waiting fishing and
1: waiting and you know if you're gonna be doing that at one of our area parks NC ncwildlife.org has great resources on places they recommend that you go fishing if you do that you know, fish where there's shade. Yeah, fish are like us. They they don't want to be too hot, and they don't have eyelets. So they can't squint. They need that food to come down right in front of them. So, shade or structure, which could be docks, it could be um, down trees. That's yeah. a great place for fish to be. So, if you can see it, that's a great spot to try and fish, versus just heaving something way out there to the middle of the pond and hoping. Right. That's a sit and wait game.
2: Yeah, we yeah, we want a little more than that. All right, we have 90 seconds I yes. want to get through some of your list of yeah. must-haves when you go out fishing. First of all, let's talk about the lures because I said, "Oh, they look really pretty." Um, what do the fish like about them?" And you said,
1: "So, this looks like food to them, and for a lot of our fish, you know, when this moves around, this looks like other fish mm-hmm. or this spoon here, this flash and sound looks like fish. They like that." So we're imitating fish and flies. So we okay. need good a good selection there and we at Jesse Browns can help. Yep. You don't need the big old tackle box that you used to right. carry around. This chest pack sits right up front. I can keep all my gear inside. I can keep my scissor clamps here. So if I need to oh help get gosh. the hook off, I can do all that. I can cut line, but keeps everything right in one spot. Good polarized sunglasses and of course it gets hot here in the Carolinas. Right. So lightweight, sun protective, breathable clothes preferably not cotton
2: okay all right we can handle that um really people still bring nets out with them
1: you do and that net is different than the one that we all grew up with that is a siliconized rubber net it's easier on the fish oh. protects the fish and hooks don't get caught in them nets are a big deal especially for trout fishing but also for our bass punts. it makes it easier to land that fish get a good picture and then release the fish.
2: See, that's nice fishing. Friendly fishing. We like
1: catch and release fishing.
2: That's nice. Um, What is this?
1: So that's another one of our fly boxes. So we like that as a gift, especially. You can put about 200 flies in there. When you close it up, it just sort of says you fish. It's a a thoughtful gift. This is also a fly box. It's crush proof and waterproof. And this one here is magnetic, so you don't have to worry about slotting things in there. Just holds hundreds of flies
2: all right tell me again tell people again really quickly where they need to go for information on the best places to go fish
1: well one would be jesse brown's outdoors mm-hmm. over in Sharon corners or at jessebrowns.com if you don't want to shop with us and you don't want our trusted advice ncwildlife.org is a great resource as well but let us help you get out on the water
2: all right must thank you you're
1: welcome thank you, you got us
2: ready to fish cheryl I'm going out to the lake.
1: Let's go. Looking
2: fly, Kristen.
1: (laughs) Bill, I really had a good time getting to be on TV. It's a little bit different than being on the radio.
0: Uh, Noah, you had to brush your teeth and brush your hair, but it sounded wonderful, and it made me and hopefully the viewers and our listeners want to get out for some fishing. Stay tuned for more of the Carolina Outdoors right after this.